Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? All right, I am going to be here with you guys uh, through to the end of the deadline. We do have now two reports, one from Chris Haynes, one from Dave McMenamin, make, uh, D- Dave McMenamin um, that the Lakers are apparently standing pat. Uh, the uh, Detroit has waived Daniel House Jr. I think that's somebody who I think would help the Lakers. We'll see um, what, uh, you know, how much competition there is for him i think that he would kind of help um but as it stands right now it looks like the lakers are going to have a a quiet deadline i think i wrote specifically on substack the headline of the piece that i wrote last friday was that the lakers were going to have a quiet deadline and um i want to be clear about something really quick here because this is um this is where i find it my spot in this is kind of unique in that I, I do still have fandom. I do still get emotional about this team um, that, you know, is a team team of my childhood. They are the team that I can relate with my dad about better than anything else, basically in life. Cause we are on opposite ends of the spectrum on basically everything. So like I, I, this is where it's kind of unique. And I understand why there are people on, on Twitter and stuff who are like, wait, how are you all of a sudden like a, a newsbreaker now? Aren't you just a fan? And, and again, I, I would, I like, I honestly don't even take necessarily offense to that because it's new to me too. But um, what I would say is that like, while I have been reporting um, about this Lakers deadline, I've been hoping that I would get new information that would indicate that they would go in a different direction. And, uh, you know, the, the, the notion that, and again, this is where the fandom part really creeps in. You heard it creep in a second ago when I got a little riled up when, where I'm think where I'm sitting here saying, this is a team that was just in the Western conference, uh, finals and, uh, the, the, a group that was supposed to build on that run and build through continuity 
and hasn't been able to do that. And this is going to be a thoroughly disappointing season. It looks like if they aren't able to add to this roster and nobody is going to be held accountable for any of it. And that's the part that I, the Laker fan find really difficult to comprehend. Hell, I don't even have to be, um, I don't even have to be a, a Laker fan to feel that way. There are people in, in the NBA who are like, who, who like work in the NBA who are sitting there like, man, this is kind of crazy that they have gone through all of this stuff. And, um, and, and, and nobody is going to face any consequences for it. And I want to be clear on this. I, I don't remember saying, uh, anything about Pete and Darius this morning. Um, that's, <laughs> I love those guys. Uh, but anyway, I, I do think though, that with this quiet, um, with this quiet deadline, the Lakers are risking LeBron James looking around and being like, for what for, what am I here for? Why am I working my ass off for like, what is going on? Um, LeBron does incredible things with his body to be able to still be available and still produce in the way that he does. And he is holding up his end of the bargain. I think way beyond what was realistically expected of him. And he's like, well, for what, if you guys won't meet me halfway here, then for what? And, uh, AD is like, well, shit, I added passing ability to my game this year. Uh, I am still holding together this defense with a ball of yarn and some like heavily used duct tape. What am I doing this for? I'm like, by the way, Anthony Davis, you see him walking off of the court in some of these spots and, and like, he's killing his body to be able to remain available in the way that he has this year. He's going to be like, well, shit, looks like I'm going to take a couple weeks off um, and just play the 65 games needed to uh, be uh, considered for those end of season awards. And, and like, I, I I wouldn't even blame them. I don't think that's how they're wired. They're competitors. They're going to keep trying, I think till the wheels fall off, but I wish that the front office felt the same way. And um, you know, it's insane to me that a team that, you know, was considered a championship contender at the beginning of the year has now re was, was essentially a Gabe Vincent and Jared Vanderbilt injury away from saying the whole thing was for not that, that I don't, I don't, I can't, that isn't registering, I guess in my head. Um, all right, let's open this up to some questions here. Um, let's, let's open this up to, uh, here we go. Uh, Cyclone 1055. Shouldn't we at minimum get under the, so they are under the cap obviously, but should they get under the luxury tax? Um, I do think that if you are going to not necessarily contend this year, because I, look, I don't think this team as built right now is a contender, um, given the other, the other moves that the other teams have made and Rob Polinka is going to go out there and he's going to say, in whatever ability availability that we'll see from, we probably won't hear from him from a long time. Um, that's not really how he operates, but he's going to try to say that like Gabe Vincent coming back is like an addition at the deadline and cam coming back will be kind of like an addition at the deadline. And we'll see what happens with uh, Jared Vanderbilt, though. I'm still told that he is not going to be available this season. Um, 
So they're, you know, they're going to hold this up and they're going to spin it that way. But uh, if you aren't actually contending, then it probably makes sense to reset your repeater tax um, counter and, and uh, you know, have one fewer impediment this upcoming offseason. Especially, by the way, if the Lakers are going to go out and try to find a star, then you, you really can't be like, you can't be hard capped. You can't, you know, be be tax concerned if you have a third star on your books. Um, and, and you know, I, I think for that reason also it makes some sense to, to get out of the tax. But, you know, again, we are, as I am talking right now, there are 43 minutes left in, uh, you know, between now and the, uh, the deadline. And we will see what kind of comes up and um, or wasn't, maybe doesn't come up. But uh, yeah, I, you know, you kind of heard Aaron say this and, and essentially, you know, the, the sentiment that I got from him and I'm not going to talk for him is that the Lakers uh, did not see moves over the last, you know, few weeks or so that they felt moved the needle in, in a way that um, they were willing to invest more draft capital into this season. And, you know, I, I just uh, I, I struggle to, 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 to come to that same conclusion uh, Alexis is asking how much over the luxury tax are they? They are like 1.297 million over. So if they just take back a deal that, um, that allows them to save at least 1.3 million, they would get under the luxury tax and, uh, reset that. Um, the thing is like, so I, I in, in talking to some people, um, I think Jerry Buss was a lot better at this than any of his kids have been. That's how this usually goes. But um, he also, like, quietly, um, especially late, later in, in later stages when everybody started paying free agents a whole bunch of money, um, Jerry Buss was also kind of quietly, um, you know, would kind of limit spending, right? I think Brian Windhorst told the story that, uh, like the Lakers traded, I think he used, I think he said he was, it was either Chris Kamen or Chris Mim. And he said that like, he asked like, wait, why would they trade that guy? And they were like, well, that's an extra little bit of money at the tables for, for Jerry Buss was, was a, another league sources um, response is how he tells it. And he, and you know, yeah, that is the case that all of the bus family's earnings um, come from, the Lakers. And I think that uh, has obviously clearly lim limited what they've been able to do. Um, Brian Fritz is asking uh super commenter uh, and, and, and Lakers lounge VIP is asking uh, if the Lakers don't make any moves today, what do you expect LeBron to say after tonight's game? How aggressive will he be in what he says? And even in his actions during the game tonight, the Lakers lose big tonight to the same team that swept them out of the conference finals last year after the Lakers stood pat at the deadline. I'm not even sure that LeBron would actually answer anything after the game. Like, I think if he does, it would be to say like, you know, how cool it was to, you know, for Kobe Knight and to wear the Kobe jerseys and Kobe this and Kobe that. And, um, and I think he would say those and then if he's asked about this um, situation, I, I, you know, I honestly hope that he gets like active aggressive. He's been very passive aggressive on these things to this point. 
But I, I do hope that at some point he gets active aggressive and says, uh, no, fuck this. I've, I've held up my end of the bargain. These guys keep on doubting um, AD and me, and they refuse to inject more draft capital into this situation, and we deserve better. That's, I, that's what I would love to hear. I, I doubt that we get it, though, from him. And he says, this is just a, I, you know, we'll probably hear something like, this is just a situation. This is the guys that we're going to roll with and we're confident with them. We went on a run, run last year and we're going to try to make it work again this year. Um, Tony Clifton saying Laker tax is a weak cope. Front office and ownership is washed. I don't know if you can really be washed if you're so young in all of this stuff, right? Like Rob Polink has only held this position ever uh, for five total years. Um, and, you know, been in this kind of a spot to be a part of these decisions for only like five years or so. So it's hard to say that they're washed when they're actually kind of young and in, inexperienced. Um, but, you know, that's that's uh, I I do think, though, that the Laker tax is a is a means to explain away some of the um, failings of this front office. I, and and I'm, I'm going to be frank, not um not using second round draft capital, this trade deadline, if that is indeed how this plays out, uh, would be a failure, whether it's to get under the debt, the, the, the luxury tax, whether it's to um, supplement this roster, whatever, that would be a failure to me to, to not do anything at this trade deadline, given that the plan heading into the season was to uh, resupplement this roster at the trade deadline. If you have a plan and then you don't execute that plan, guess what that is by definition? That would be failure. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll uh, again, oh, we'll see is what I was about to say. Um, let's see. Um, revived. People are saying no one wanted Gabe and that the deals were out there. Fans would have been mad if they had done. Can you confirm? Uh I think this is keeping up for the front office. I think this takes a lot for granted based off of faulty information. It's the other side of the coin to what I've been saying, basically all show right where I have been saying, I've been saying that like there were things that could have been done that the Lakers decided not to do because they don't care about margins um, if you think that's unfair, then this is similarly unfair where you're taking for granted that those trades that the Lakers didn't do were bad because they didn't do them. Um, the reality lies somewhere in the middle um, between, you know, th those two ends of the spectrum. And, uh, you know, we'll look again, like I said, in the coming days, in the coming hours, uh, we'll find out more information on on that situation. And, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, what we find out in that, in that time is, is going to be very telling and probably a little frustrating. Um, let's see, I'm going to scroll back up and see if I find any questions here. I'm also looking at my Twitter timeline and not really seeing any new information. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I I don't want to take shots at other people covering the team. Um, and especially people who have been doing this, I think, very well. Um, that that I, I, I don't think would serve anybody. But, yeah, I think 
anybody who was just willing to say, well, they didn't do anything. Therefore, the things that were on the table that they didn't execute were definitely bad. I think that offers them a benefit of the doubt that I personally would not be willing to. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, uh, see what comes up. Wade is asking, would you be surprised if LeBron walked now? <sighs> surprised? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or this summer. I know, I know what you meant, Wade. Um, I, I would still be surprised. Um, people throughout the league would still be surprised, but I would also say that it's what the Lakers deserve. Um, you know, not hiring Ty Lu, um, you know, not going out and getting Kyrie on both of the opportunities Lakers had to go out and do that. Um, yeah, they did trade for Russell Westbrook, but then when that didn't work out, Rob Polinka and the Lakers threw LeBron and AD under the bus for that not working out. I don't think they particularly enjoyed that. The Lakers, um, you know, not doing anything this last summer um, and basically using draft capital on a prospect, prospect pick who isn't going to help LeBron while he's a Laker uh, pissed him off, I would imagine. Not firing Darvin Ham this year, I would imagine has pissed him off because I don't think he likes Darvin Ham very much. Um, and and by the way, like you know, there is stuff on the line given the way that the Lakers operate with LeBron, right? Like if LeBron leaves the Lakers, whether it's via retirement or free agency or asking for a trade, whatever, um, how he feels about that experience is going to make its way around the league. And makes it that much more difficult potentially if he says has negative things to say about the Lakers. Um, it's going to make it that much more difficult to acquire your next star. Um, let's see. Uh, let's keep on going out here. Desmond Smith. Why do people still believe players, uh, players want to play for the Lakers? They had multiple chances to get players and failed. Those same players were from LA. I'm guessing this is about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah, I mean, like the Lakers have a track record of acquiring high level talent in LeBron James and in Shaq once upon a time, but they also have a track record of not going out and getting that um, talent, right? LeBron previously, earlier in his career, Carmelo Anthony, earlier in his career, um, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, also uh, to, to name a couple. So, uh, yeah, the notion that like superstar X is going to come available this summer and that the Lakers, just because they have those three first round picks would jump to the front of the line for that player, not just in terms of who that player wants to play for, but also in terms of what that player's team, it would actually be looking for there, um, I, I, I think that is kind of, uh, short-sighted and, and like the idea that like, yeah, I, I, I grant that trading the 29 first that they have at their disposal this year, um, comes with opportunity cost. But I would also say that, uh, not trading it and holding on to it comes with its own opportunity cost. And, uh, there's a lot of risk that if the Lakers don't get, um, anybody in this upcoming summer, then, they've punted this season 
for that opportunity. So, yeah, I guess I'll guess uh, we'll just continue to, to wait this thing out. We sit here with 32 minutes to go before the trade deadline. I'll probably hang out a little bit after the deadline because uh, that's when some of these moves will start to trickle in. But normally we see like a whole bunch of moves like really come one after one after another this time of year. And it's really slowed down. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been a while since either Shams or Woj has tweeted anything um, about or, or Haynes or Fisher for that matter, or Stein um, has tweeted anything about anybody's inclinations. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I do think things have kind of slowed down here. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, if uh, LeBron leaves salty, all those clutch players will stay clear of the Lakers. You know who's also clutch on the Lakers, importantly, is Anthony Davis. Uh, so, again, worth noting that, like, you can't, you can't just ride this out with LeBron and have him leave frustrated because you wrote it out and maintained your draft capital in pre preparation for when he leaves um, and then expect him to say all kinds of nice things about you. Uh, I don't think LeBron is going to sign an NDA there. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at, at other. Oh, I guess I could check the Apple while we're all here. And thank you to everybody for tuning in uh, and being here for as long as you have. We are an hour and 18 minutes into this thing with almost 400 people watching. So shouts to everybody watching, given the um, number of other options that you have uh, to, to be able to watch. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at some of these um, reviews and answer some of these questions. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go back and reload my reviews in the apples in, in the on Apple. And by the way, the best way to get your uh, answer, your topic covered here, looks like we don't have any new ones um, is to do we look like we might have. Oh, okay, cool. We do. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of these. So um, beware, beware Pyto writes, uh, Austin Reeves in a first round pick for Alex Caruso, not saying we don't need other trades, but question mark, the Lakers are not trading or we're not going to trade Austin Reeves for anybody um, who wasn't a superstar this season. Um, those are marching orders from the top. Uh, Jeannie really likes the idea of having Austin being kind of a, a, a lifelong Laker who never went away. Um, in this core. And I think the organization specifically really likes Austin in ways that they didn't necessarily with, uh, not that they didn't like Caruso, but they value Austin higher than they valued Caruso because Austin is very much a representative of this current uh, front office and leadership. Uh, B bully 16 writes. So your whole theory uh, is a, is play a lineup that got swept in the Western Conference Finals. Okay, I like this. I like when people push back. Uh, play two guys, Russell and Vanderbilt, who were played off the floor in the Western Conference Finals. Let's look at the facts. They played a Memphis team that was missing some of their best players. Joffrey, a game or so, Steven Adams, and Brandon, Clark's, Brandon Clark. And the Warriors, who were clearly broken, smaller, and older. Uh, however, when they played a team that was whole and healthy, they got swept. It's clear that the Western Conference Finals was fool's gold. Yes, Ham is not it. 
but when do you start to admit that this team isn't as good as you thought? Um, I think that's something that the Lakers are, are actually really considering right now. Um, I, I, uh, I think there are people in the organization who maybe think that last year's run was fool's gold and have been reluctant to buy back into this team as a result of some of those concerns. And I think uh, Darvin Ham has been reluctant to play or had been reluctant to play that starting group from last year um, because of those concerns, because they got swept with those guys on the floor. Um, my only thing is, this is a roster that you have and you play your most talented players period. And um, you try to, again, and, and the whole notion going into this season was that the Lakers were going to build on that continuity. So you have all of those guys back and you're hoping that with more reps, with more opportunity um, that those guys in this core can actually improve. And that is one of the ways that you improve over the course of the season on top of potential deadline acquisitions and on top of potential buyout acquisitions. That's the opt optimal way that this season would have gone. Unfortunately, basically every decision that they made in this last um, off season has backfired. Jared Vanderbilt was not uh, the best version of himself earlier in the year. And then he got hurt. They extended him. He's going to get a raise this upcoming off season. Um, Austin Reeves uh, took a step back. Um, and wasn't ready for the uh, additional time on the ball. Um, and that made the Lakers have to readjust. The um, the uh, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves backcourt is, is something that um, I think does not have enough athleticism to it to actually contend at the highest levels. And they didn't really do anything over the course of the year to put, you know, to, to, to pair them with more athleticism that allows those guys to function high enough defensively uh, to, to contend. And, you know, Jalen Huchifino to this point is a bust, right? You have to call it like, um, does that mean that like he is forever a bust? No, like maybe he comes into next year better, but the fact that Jalen Huchifino hasn't even been good enough for other teams to show any interest in him whatsoever, um, you know, that, in and of itself is a statement that the scouting department and the people responsible for drafting him. Um, I've, I've been told that Rob Polinka really liked that, that pick um, that the, uh, the, 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 the Lakers, you know, that has hurt this season and, and has hurt their ability to trade here at this deadline. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the contract that they signed D'Angelo Russell to hurt them, not bringing back Malik Beasley not bringing back Mo Bamba um, and having those expiring contracts at your disposal to help make a deal this time of year. Like all of these things all kind of add up and you arrive at a point now where the Lakers are barely above 500 and apparently consider this season too far gone to salvage. And, and again, based on the things that I hear, they're just, it doesn't appear to be much accountability on the horizon for it. And by the way, if things were going better, this is the other thing that kind of drives me crazy. If things were going better um, for the Lakers this year, if they were like up near the top of the conference as they were expected to be, if the Lakers were playing with all kinds of momentum or had just pulled off another great deadline in the way that they did last year, um, 
I don't think that this Kobe thing would have been closed to fans. They would have wanted to hear the fans. The thing is, though, uh, they're a little nervous to hear from the fans now, right? That like we see this from them when George Mikan was honored, um, rather than face the deridement of the fans, uh, Rob Polinka, Jeannie Bus, and and that whole leadership uh, council decided that they would send James Worthy out there to speak on behalf of the Lakers. And, uh, you know, I just, um, I tend to think that an organization that would normally want to hear from fans and allow them to feel like they're a part of this thing, um, you know, they, they walled this thing off, they tented it off. And I think that has a lot to do with, and you look at most, um, you know, uh, statue unveilings that have taken place elsewhere, right? They're almost always with fans there cheering on the new statue and excited to take in the sights of that new statue. So this is kind of unique that the Lakers would not do this with Kobe. It's a unique circumstance in that, uh, you know, given Kobe's untimely death, but that is, um, I thought a weird decision that the Lakers made. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I don't think they want to hear from fans right now. <laughs> um, uh, it could also be this, uh, that LAFD told them to keep it closed for safety reasons, that it might have gotten too crowded on that street. But we've seen that street closed off um, before for other events that, um, you know, I, I, I think t normally downtown LA and that part of downtown LA specifically understands how to deal with those kinds of situations. So I don't necessarily buy that as a, as, as a, uh, as, as an explanation. Um, the Lakers take for granted. They always have the excuse of wait until the off season and just assume LeBron will be back and playing at a high level or an elite level sooner or later age will catch up with them. Yeah. And, and maybe that's part of the math, honestly, that's, that's something worth considering, right? Uh, is that like the Lakers are concerned that, it, you know, if they keep putting more and more and more into this LeBron James era, that eventually he'll break down and then they won't have those assets um, when it comes time to build beyond the LeBron James experience. But uh, I just think if you're that, pot concerned then you shouldn't be playing that you shouldn't be playing in that in that uh you know poker tournament um yeah we are now um 20 minutes away 21 minutes away is 139 my time uh the deadline is at 3 p.m uh eastern um harrison uh i guess just tweeted out that Woj is saying on ESPN that the Hawks and Raptors are still discussing DeJounte Murray and Bruce Brown deals, uh, respectively. Um, so I guess there's technically still some hope here, but I had heard a whole bunch of noise coming into this week. And, um, certainly in the run up to today that the Lakers were prepared for a quiet deadline and, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I haven't been given any information to come off of that stance to this point. Um, yeah, right. Like JD says during the off season, they'll say, we'll just wait until the trade deadline. And that's literally what they did, right? This last off season, they were like, well, we'll be able to turn 
Beasley and Bamba and the pick that would eventually become Jalen Huchifino into a player. And then they were like, well, we'll just take a pick with Jalen Huchifino and maybe we'll be able to turn Shafino into something on draft night. And then they were like, well, no, that didn't happen. Um, well, we'll sign Delo to a tradable deal and certainly we'll, we'll trade uh, Delo um, in the, in the, at the trade deadline and up, uh, upgrade our roster that way. And then that isn't going to happen. So now they're like, well, no, we really, really, really like D'Angelo Russell. And, um, and yet like nowhere have we seen any, like any reports that the Lakers are looking forward to paying D'Lo if he opts out on a longer term deal. Like normally when these teams hold on to these players, there's at least the sense to leak that they are looking forward to like in Washington's case, they, they, the reports are that they look forward to re-signing Tyus Jones in this upcoming offseason. We haven't gotten any of those reports with D'Angelo Russell. None, right? It's just that the Lakers haven't wanted to expend the extra draft capital to move him and bring in the um the improvement to the roster. So yeah, uh Winston is asking any chance of a DeMar DeRozan buyout. I'm not seeing that. Uh he's played too well for Chicago. And um, I don't even think he's on an expiring. I'll look that up really quickly while I filibuster. Um, go to Chicago, the Bulls. Yep. And um, oh no, he is expiring. So he technically could be bought out, but um, he would probably have to like ask specifically for it, um, which would be a miracle. It would be a miracle that would save this deadline there for the Lakers. Even if I don't necessarily love the fit, getting him for nothing would be great. But as it stands right now, I don't necessarily um, uh, see that happening. The Bulls, I don't, you know, if they could save an, uh, an extra buck or two, maybe because those uh, owners are very cheap, but they are convinced that they'll be able to go on a run the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, without Lonzo, without Levine, I just don't see it. So, uh, but no, I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, DeRozan will get bought out. Um, let's see. Best case scenario, Vando and Gabe Vincent come back healthy and live up to their roles. All the Lakers would need is a front court enforcer type player. Um, we haven't seen Andre Drummond get moved and he could potentially get bought out. Um, let's see. He might also have a year extra on his deal though. Andre Drummond. No, he is also expiring. So Andre could potentially get bought out. And he is something I, somebody I, I believe that Lakers would um, be willing to bring in and, and bolster that front court with. I'm surprised, frankly, that we haven't seen Jackson Hayes paired with some, you know, conditional draft um, capital to get under the, the tax. Basically, if you move him uh, essentially by himself, that gets you under the, the, the tax. And yeah, he's been playing better lately, and apparently that really, really matters to the Lakers. But uh, let's see, Max, let's see, Jackson Hayes. Yeah, he's making $2.1 million. So if you trade him and you take back basically no money somehow, um, you could get under the luxury tax. But uh, we haven't seen anything on that front. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, 15 minutes now basically from the deadline. And it does really seem like without a flourish of moves here at the very end that uh, we are heading towards buyout season with the Lakers having done 
uh, nothing. And I, you know, look, I, you've heard me talk now for an hour and a half. I've been on here and I've made it pretty clear how I feel about that prospect. Um, let's see. Why would, yeah. So why would the bulls wave Drummond if they are uh, trying to make the postseason? So essentially buyout season, I think until March, mid March or something like that. Um, you have until then to waive a player and have that player be eligible for, for the postseason. And if uh, you know, the bulls fall out of the running there, you could have players approach them and say, Hey, this isn't working out. Blah, blah, blah. We would like to go somewhere else. The only thing is like with DeMar DeRozan, oftentimes players won't do that because they won't uh, want to risk being seen as minimum players moving forward or really affect their, um, okay, there's a trade. Finally, we got Adrian Wojnarowski saying that the Spurs are trading Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, but no, getting back to the point on, on DeMar DeRozan, if he gets bought out and he operates as a minimum type player for the rest of, or a, a minimum player for the rest of the season, then he might feel like in his, and his advisors might feel like he would be risking future earnings now kind of as he nears the end of his career, right? He might only have one more big ish or decent ish contract. Um, a, a, you know, the, the, you know, left in his uh, career, Apparently the Spurs are only sending um, or the Pacers will send a future second round pick for Doug McDermott. Um, and uh, yeah, that is, you know, again, second round draft capital that the Lakers have plenty of that. We are not, uh, we are not watching the Lakers utilize to the best of, of their abilities. Nick Dasilski writes following uh, you since your wife was pregnant with Avery. Wow. That's crazy. Remember you and Harrison making jokes about a place called Applebee's regards from Spain. I love a place called Applebee's. I'm like, who doesn't know Applebee's? But if you're from Spain, you're lucky enough to not know what Applebee's is. <laughs> Applebee's, the place where you want to go if you just like, you know, want to sit at a bar and think about the choices in your life that you made that let you do in Applebee's, drinking one of their Dollaritas. Um, yeah, we are... Still sitting here on with 13 minutes to go left in this deadline and the Lakers, I, the Lakers sitting out this deadline completely is baffling. Absolutely baffling. I, I cannot stress, even as I was reporting that I thought it would be a quiet deadline, not doing anything potentially with 13 minutes to go would be, absolutely insane like nuts uh all right now the um Woj is saying the atlanta hawks are keeping guard Dejounte murray no trade for him all right there there goes that that has been the case now for a couple weeks now that it was not looking likely essentially the the hawks were trying to get anybody to to like so we had the pelicans rumor from earlier today and um, I had heard last night uh, from somebody close to the situation that the Pelicans thing was like Landry Fields, like just driving around, <laughs> calling anybody, please say that you're interested in this guy. We need better offers and not being able to get better offers. So um, 
they are keeping DeJounte Murray. We will see what they will be able to get for him if they do, in fact, trade him in this upcoming offseason. Um, no, I don't think he'll get bought out with that giant contract on his on the books for him. Um, yeah, I... That leaves Bruce Brown and Dorian Finney-Smith as Lakers targets still on the board right now. 12 minutes to go before the deadline and uh, the Lakers have still done nothing, whether it's with the 29 pick or with the four or five second rounders that they have at their disposal. Um, Spurs are likely to buy out Marcus Morris. Uh that's an interesting ad. Uh, I don't know how well he fits. I don't know how well he plays basketball anymore, but if the Lakers are able to kind of clear a couple roster spots, I wouldn't mind bringing in Marcus Morris and um, having him as kind of like some, some muscle. The Lakers really lack some, some muscle on their team with guys who like other guys on the court are a little concerned, could throw a cheap shot at any time. So Marcus Morris is a uh, is an interesting buyout candidate here for the Lakers. Um, look, I look. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, let's see. Where's the uh, Marcus Morris? Must be fifty. Come on. Uh, look, I. <laughs> these these are your options when you rely on the buyout market. You know, Gordon Hayward potentially being on the buyout market was kind of a miracle when I first heard about it. And I was always kind of dubious about it. And then, it, you know, the, 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 the thunder traded for him. So yeah, I, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of bleak right now with now 10 minutes to go between now and the, uh, let's see. So now Sean Hyken is saying that Portland, uh, doesn't have any active trade discussions right now, or that he hasn't heard of any of them. Um, so if you were holding out hope for, uh, let's see. So the Milwaukee Bucks, according to Woj, are trading Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings. Um, Lopez would be expected to be waived and become a free agent. That, uh, would certainly be, I guess, kind of interesting. Um, he is a big, like he's a big guy, but I think he's big washed also. So I don't know how much he would actually help. Um, it's a bummer that they're splitting up the, uh, the, Lo the Lopez brothers. Um, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, what I was saying earlier is that like, if you're holding out hope for Malcolm Brogdon, um, Sean Hyken reporting that the, uh, Portland trailblazers do not appear to be holding any active discussions right now. Um, and I will, I guess, do my work to, to ask and see if the Lakers are holding out any active, you know, if they're still holding any discussions, I am dubious. I, I don't believe that they still are, but, um, we will see. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, here we, here we stand. Um, let's see. Yeah. Lopez can't move anymore. He's, he was somebody who I was kind of intrigued by last off season. And then he played basketball this year and I was much less uh, intrigued by him. Um, <laughs> Matt Moore. Uh, I love this team so much, but I also hate this team so much. This is sports, man. I'm a Vikings fan. Nobody hates the Vikings more than I do. <laughs> like, nobody hates the Dodgers more in the postseason than I do. 
Nobody hates the Lakers right now, maybe more than I do. And especially as I've learned more about the way that they kind of operate, it's like, you know, never meet or report about your uh, heroes, I guess. Um, yeah, I, this is, this is crazy, man. Eight minutes to go before the deadline. And we uh, do not see any, any update here on the Lakers, any Intel on if the Lakers ever checked in on Jeremy Grant, they checked in on him. Uh, they, they were interested at one point, but did not, uh, those talks didn't go very far. The Lakers didn't love his contract and the Blazers asked for a whole bunch for him despite that contract. So those talks were all of like 15 minutes or so. Um, yeah, I, I'm just looking around and waiting for something. Seven minutes to go until the, the trade deadline. Can we buy out Darvin Ham? Let's start a, let's start a GoFundMe. I, you know, um, I, I do think that like the Lakers with coaches making more money, um, like looked around and like part of it was, I, this is me, me make a, making a joke. Um, but I kind of, I've, I've joked with some people and, and, and like, I just think it's funny that like you see doc rivers get like 10 ish million bucks a year. Monty Williams got his crazy deal. Eric Spolster got his crazy deal. And so like at that same time around there, you had the reports that the Lakers really believed in Darvin Ham, and like, I think part of it was like, "We have to spend how much on a coach?" No, thank you, absolutely not. <laughs> um, all right, that we are now still sitting here. Um, the Bucks sent cash to the Kings uh, for taking Robin Lopez. Um, let's see. Neezy got me uh, by a whole bunch. Do you mean they asked for more than a package of Rui, uh, Jalen Huchifino, the 2029 first and second swaps? They were basically asking for everything that the Lakers didn't have nailed down. So it was like, you know, Reeves was a part of the, the ask there at one point. Um, they were, they, you know, they wanted like Max Christie at one point. And uh, yeah, it was, it would have been a lot more painful than, than people kind of think. Um, we're still sitting here six minutes to go before the trade deadline. And, uh, we are still awaiting word on the Lakers doing absolutely anything, anything whatsoever. Doesn't look great. It doesn't, it, not only does it not, not look great for the Lakers doing anything, but I think this trade deadline does not look great for the organization. It does not speak well to their ability to carry out a plan that you held heading into the season. Um, we have also not gotten a LeBron James subtweet. So small victories, I guess, right? Congrats on everybody. Um, if there is a trade last minute, how long can dis discussions go before they are null and void? So essentially the league grants you a bit of a, a grace period uh, to be able to, you know, so if you start those conversations early enough, and you are far along enough in those trade discussions, um, you'll be able to still hold them. Uh, but like, you know, it's, it's kind of arbitrary to a certain extent. And, you know, normally also this is not, it doesn't look like, um, wow. To avoid an upcoming $1.5 million uh, contract bonus for games played, the Toronto Raptors are planning to waive Spencer Dinwiddie, major new entry into the NBA's buyout market who will be coveted by several playoff teams. 
that's big news. That is very, very, very big news. Um, the Lakers wanted him and called about him, especially if they weren't able to find a buyer or, or, or if they found a buyer for uh, D'Angelo Russell. Spencer Dinwiddie being available just for nothing right now would be monstrous. That is big news. Yeah, the Lakers absolutely are going to go for him. Um, the Lakers have more money potentially to offer that would hilariously come very close to actually matching that $1.5 million trade uh, uh, player bonus that um, that the Raptors didn't want to pay him. So, uh, yeah, that is um, crazy. That I, I I do think he makes sense for the Lakers because I'm confused. I'm I'm not all that convinced that Gabe Vincent will be uh, available um, this season. But uh, I, I you know he, there's going to be a lot of competition there. And look, if you're Dinwiddie, you basically want to go somewhere where you would get the most reps. And I don't necessarily know that that's the Lakers. Even if the Lakers, I think as it stands right now, can tech it can can technically offer him the most money um uh compared to like other contenders. So that is certainly one to keep an eye on. That is that is crazy. Um and especially, you know, because like other teams that are above the second apron, two minutes to go, by the way, before the trade deadline. And still nothing on the Lakers front. Um, if they haven't made, if they aren't close on a deal right now, then it's it. You know, it doesn't appear that they're going to be able to do anything. Um, the Lakers do have about five million dollars um, in terms of a gap between where they stand right now and the hard cap. So that would be um, uh, that would be something that the Lakers would would use. Uh, they could also waive a player to make room for multiple buyout guys and would have room on prorated amounts to be able to bring in multiple buyout guys and stay under that hard cap. It looks like the Lakers won't be able to get under the um, under the uh, luxury tax, which obviously kind of affects what they what it would cost to put together a team next year. But it also means that they didn't use draft capital to get under the luxury tax. So, um, you know, to glass half full glass, half empty kind of way to look at that. We are now one minute away from the NBA trade deadline. And it does not look as if the Lakers are going to do anything. Um, this deadline, anything whatsoever. That is absolutely nuts that the Lakers would do nothing whatsoever at the trade deadline. Um, the Toronto Raptors are keeping Bruce Brown, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Those talks have apparently all cut off. So that's the only uh, the only other target that the Lakers have here that we haven't heard is being taken off of the market is, uh, is Dorian Finney-Smith. Where and, and I last I checked, the Lakers were having conversations with them, but they weren't going particularly well. Um, yeah, that's, that is absolutely nuts to, uh, to see Dinwiddie available. That's a big deal. Um, <laughs> funny, uh, tweet from Matthew Peralta of Lakers nation saying that, uh, 
<laughs> the Darwin would play Finney, uh, would, would play Dinwiddie. And there is the deadline. It is now two o'clock. It is three o'clock Pacific time, or it is 3 p.m. Eastern time. And the trade deadline has now come and passed. And the last trade that we are, well, I guess we'll probably hear of a few trades as like those, you know, those, because every, every, when a trade gets agreed to, you have to make a call to the league and you can basically like hop into that, into that, um, into that queue. Uh, so long as there is a queue. And so we might see a couple more kind of straggler trades here get announced um, as we, as we are now like a minute past the trade deadline. Uh, but yeah, the Lakers did not do anything. It appears not a, not a thing. There might be, um, you know, some additions that the Lakers can make on the buyout market, but I got to tell you, even as somebody who reported that this was going to be a quiet deadline, even as somebody who reported, I thought pretty well on this whole ordeal, this surprises even me that they would not be able to get anything whatsoever done. And I think it goes back to not having any expiring money on their books. I think it goes back to Jalen Huchofino being very disappointing to this point. And I think it goes back to a potential lack of belief in uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a reluctance to add more draft capital to the end of that era. And, um, and that's where we find ourselves, but um, yeah, that is, um, I I'm, I'm in kind of shock. I'm not going to lie that the Lakers weren't able to do anything. You're getting, um, you're getting uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, saying that the $20 million, $23 million team option on Brown's 2025 uh, contract gives the Raptors a lot of options. Yeah, this is um, this is disappointing. So what's going to happen here is I'm going to go ahead and sign off. It doesn't look like the Lakers, it, well, the Lakers did not get anything done. So the Lakers have a game tonight that I will be on All Access Lakers for. Uh, we will go live after the game to discuss the game and um, everything else around the Lakers after the game. And then tomorrow, uh, Jovan Buha of The Athletic is going to um, hop on here and we will talk about the ramifications to the Lakers doing nothing. So, um, and there's a ton, obviously, to talk about. To everybody who has tuned in, we are now going on an hour and 51 minutes of airtime here. Thank you a ton for being on with us um, and, and sticking with us throughout this whole thing. Please hit that subscribe button. I'm going to be breaking this up into a couple podcasts uh, that will go up immediately um, before this next game. And, uh, and then again, we have everything planned until this upcoming weekend. So until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. And Rob Polinka, you picked a terrible day to go to Disneyland. God damn it.